Welcome to the Founder Scale Sales Leadership Podcast, where we help business founders and sales leaders understand and overcome the challenges of building high-performing sales teams. Taylor, how's it going? I'm doing great, Josh. How are you? Doing well. Ready to talk about setting client expectations. Mm, that sounds relatively important. <laughs> it could be. You know, prospects might want to know what's going to happen through the sales cycle <laughs> and when they're Man. going to get their deliverables. <laughs> yeah, it, it, exactly. And, you know, you know, I, I've led, you know, a sales organization uh, for a long time here and, and, and we coach some other organizations in this. And this is one of the topics that comes up all the time because of the impact downstream that is done operationally if the client expectation is not set and things like overselling happens just to generalize it um man there there this is a very common thing in uh, in sales organizations so today i want to talk about different ways that uh that setting client well well different things that could set the client expectation correctly and things that could set the client expectation incorrectly and some um you know some big examples of why that's important yeah, and I think there's a lot of ways to start off with this one, but I, I'm going to start off with kind of just a story and a little bit of a resource too. So I'm in the entrepreneur organization in the Atlanta chapter, and when I first joined, I was in the accelerator group, and we had this coach come in, Jim Ryerson. I think he's got a couple books and, and training programs. He's a sales coach, and he really opened my eyes around uh, the sales cycle and the journey, and we plotted, we used sticky notes to plot out each stage of the sale. Uh, and what we did at each step and what document we provided. And the other piece that he provided was, you know, when you get on your first call, you actually, if you can, you're doing a screen share, you're going to say, here's what this process is going to look like. And you mm -hmm. basically tell the client the journey that they're going to go through. And mm, like you know, so a lot of it's like, oh, well, what would you like as the next steps? And you're pushing it onto the client to tell you the next steps. Well, you're the salesperson. You've done this a thousand times. You should know what the next steps are. And, yeah. and you're the guide, right? Your guide helping them. So he just showed it on one slide, which was like, here's what we're going to do today. Here's what we're going to do next. Here's what you're going to see for me and when. Yeah. And there was a visual to it. And it was all about setting that expectation and then delivering on it. And I'm not mm -hmm. saying it's easy. Because we no, get busy, we forget things. But um, it was a really clear way to set the expectations with clients where here's the visual. I'm going to give it to you and, and you know what's going to happen. Um, yeah. What have you seen like early on for setting, like just from a training perspective and setting client expectations? You know, in my organ, well, not in my organ, in so many organizations out there, there, there doesn't have there. There's very rarely that level of sophistication that you just mentioned that Ryerson brought over, um, and I think that's a really, really great idea to to create some sort of document, you know, in the middle of either getting to know each other, or I don't know if this is your prospecting or your validation or your qualification phase, whatever it is, but to let them know from start to finish how this here's how this journey is going to go if we're going to work together. That's a really, really great idea. And usually what I see, to be honest with you, are the yes-mans. I see tons of yes-mans where they are, hey, can you do this tomorrow? Yep. Oh, can you uh, <laughs> deliver that by next week? Oh, yeah. Uh, hey, can you get these people on a phone call in the next 30 minutes? Sure. I mean, that's what I see <laughs> the it. most. And look, I don't want to, I don't want, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to shit on any salespeople out there. I mean, I've, I've been there. I've been one of them and, and I kind of still am one of them. My point is, is 
there, there does need to be some sort of tone set. And I think tone's a good word to use here. There needs to be a tone set with the client from the get-go that says that they're not driving the sale, that the client is not driving the sale. The tail's not wagging the dog, right? Right. And if that's not established early, Josh, I've seen these things get way out of control, right? And it's not that you're trying to be rude or, you know, uh, you know disingenuous, whatever it is, but the importance of setting that level of expectation and the importance of saying, look, I'm your salesperson, I'm your account manager, I'm this and that. And look, for the most part, sales organizations have got resources for subject matter expertise, resources, project managers, planners, whatever that is, you know. And many times the salespeople end up answering questions designated to those resources themselves. And that creates friction. And that's something that can immediately be alleviated if the salesperson has the discipline to set the client expectation on the front end. Because how many times have you seen this? The expectation from the client is that the quote will be turned around in 18 hours. Right. And you're like, tomorrow. <laughs> well, that's not our expectation. You know, that's not our policy. You know, like the policy is written right there. 48 hour turnaround or, you know, seven to 10 day lead time. It's all over the contracts and the MSAs. Well, the client expects that we'll have this back in the next hour. Well, why does he or she expect that, Mr. Salesman? Uh, Because I told her. I mean, it's exactly like that every single time. Because right, you said it. And again, I, I'm not saying there's not a balance. You don't want to be uh, you don't want to be a sales preventer by any stretch of the imagination. But it is. So important and near and dear to my heart, as you can probably tell <laughs> right. from the tone of my voice, <laughs> that you set the client expectation in the front. So most of the time, Josh, to get all the way back to your question, I see most of that being a combination of the yes man, the yes man syndrome, where they're saying yes to everything before they know if they can do it or not. Yeah, and there's so many impacts to to what that, you know, impacts to the organization of being that yes person, right? It's all of a sudden it's emergency. It's emergency on your part. Now it's emergency on somebody else's part, you know, that they don't need. Yep. And then what's really going to happen, it's, it's going to slip, right? Something's not going to, it's yep. not going to make it through. It's not going to get done or it's not going to get done well. You know, a lot of times it's, it's not going to, you know, have the outcome that you want. And I think you had hinted on, you know, that, or, or just basically stated that the salesperson is the one driving the sale, but the, mm. the reality is that that's not from a, a harsh perspective. It's more of, we look at it as they're the guide, right? They've done it so many times that we are going to guide you through our process and this is why yep. we do the process. And this is why we have these steps. And it's easy to say, uh, and it's easy to back into some certain items. Like, for example, with timelines, if I know when you want to get started on your project, then I can help you during the sales cycle. So, oh, you wanted to get started on it, start on it yesterday. Okay, well, we need the next meeting to be tomorrow. What time tomorrow are you available? Oh, I'm not available tomorrow. Okay, well, what's the next date you're available then? Because keep in mind, you said you wanted to get this started yesterday, right? So I will That's push the right. pace for you as your sales rep. Let's mm. get this going. Or, you know, there's other ones where, you know, well, we'd really like, we have a set date. We're going to start this new project on this date. Well, we can back into that and show them the timeline and say, okay, in order to hit the date that you told me, here's where we need to be at each step. You know, we need to mm. be in the final mm. negotiation of the contract by this date. Um, actually, at this point in time, I'm going to go ahead and send over what our standard MSA 
say or SOW is going to look like. So you can go ahead and start looking at it while you get your team together for the next meeting, right? Because I know you have a yeah. date to hit. So it's it's about being the guide. And to me, it's about helping them get to where they want to go, but also being, mm-hmm. it's almost like a project manager. Hey, if you don't hit this date, if you don't, if you don't connect with me with what it, I need, I can't help exactly. you hit your date. Um, and it's all That's about right. communicating. I like that. the way you said that. I like the way you said that, Josh. This is a takeaway for your sales folks out there. Channel your internal project manager when you're setting expectations. That's a really good hack to take away from this. Because imagine that when you say yes, you're the one that's got to do it. Right? <laughs> right. And it will it will really affect what you say yes to. I can you can imagine, you know what I mean? I mean, you know, we all got kids, Josh. Can you imagine if, you know, the kid asked for something every time you said yes? Well, I know if I say yes, I got to do it. Right. Now, if I can translate maybe that situation into a client, into a communication with a customer and a salesman, I think they'd understand that a lot better. Maybe the maybe the cure here is to put kids around salespeople <laughs> and just let them enjoy that for a while. Yeah. Maybe that's the answer. Maybe we've been doing, maybe I've been doing training all wrong for all these years. And all I need to do is throw a five and a six-year-old next to them and uh, see how many times they say yes after that. Uh, but let me ask you a question here. So, uh, you know, I think, I think we have talked about this a bunch over, you know, doing this together. I think there's four categories of, of setting client expectations. I want to hear your thoughts. And, um, you know, we got timelines, overselling communication and post support. What, 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 give me an example, Josh, of some times that you've seen client expectations go wrong on timelines. So yeah, timelines are an easy one. Um, the assumption is that once I put my signature to the signature to this contract, you're starting tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, That's and, right. And the reality is, is it's not going to happen that way, right? I mean, mm. it, unless that company has a bunch of people on the bench. I mean, there's there's a reason Deloitte and those companies charge three hundred dollars an hour. Uh, you know, part of that is paying for them to have people on the bench to just throw at problems quickly, right? And I've seen it. I know people that work mm-hmm. at some of these large companies, you know, they have people sitting on the bench. Well, you know, companies that are really good at what they do and managing their margins and, and getting you the right deal and everything else don't have people sitting on the bench. They're busy. They're in high mm-hmm. demand. So we're not going to start mm-hmm. tomorrow. So like when when I had the last company, you know, doing custom CRM implementations, we would always convey Hey, you, we're going to start two to three weeks from the date of signature. Yeah. And because right. we never knew when we were going to get that signature, the legal would push it back. They would push it back. The client would go, your main contact would go on vacation. And somehow, you know, what was going to start a month ago that you could have planned for, mm-hmm. you know, is now starting a month later. Um, or people right. go dark, you know, they're, they're having budget conversations and they're not answering your follow-ups and phone calls. Yep. And they're like, pop out of nowhere two weeks later, like it's signed. You know, are you starting on Monday? I'm like, it's Friday at five. There's no way you're starting on Monday. Yep. <laughs> if we did, exactly. it wouldn't go well. You know, yeah. and, and there's ways yeah. to, you know, there's ways operationally to give the client a feeling that you're getting started and, and give them onboarding packages and things, which we, we do. Um, but for larger projects, you know, there's things to be ordered, there's people to be put into place, you know, there's timing. So we, we conveyed those expectations very early on uh, around, you know, it's two to three weeks from when you, when you sign this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I like that. I mean, I think that when people, when people like, you know, let's use, just use a product for an example, I've got this product sitting on the shelf. I know that I could ship it right now and it would arrive somewhere tomorrow, but 
when you get into the client transaction, I like the examples that you just used. There are things that could go in terms of like, well, they want credit. So now we need to run credit. They are, they, they've got a, you know, a shipping location that is unable to receive product shipment before 10 p.m. Maybe it's four o'clock or five <laughs> right. o'clock on a Friday. Your last FedEx pickup is in 30 minutes. There's a lot of things that, that people don't consider. So setting the expectations, instead of saying, sure, I can get it to you tomorrow, maybe take a step back, have a look at the timelines. Or if you're sitting an engineering crew out there or, or a, you know, a general contracting crew to a house, man, you got to really, you got to pump the brakes a little bit and set the right expectation on that timeline. So from an overselling point of view, one of my favorite ones is, well, you said it was going to be like this, but your contract says this. You ever been in that situation? Uh, yeah, we have because a lot of people, I at least in B2B services, uh, when you're doing more consultative things, uh, part of the discovery is is just a discussion around what could be done, right? And a lot mm. of people don't make the switch of what could be done and paring it down to their budget and then actually, you know, thinking through that on their, their own. So then they get a contract that says, here's what we're going to do. And yep. it may feel like it mismatches, right? They're like, oh, well, I said this, but yep. I don't see it in the contract. And that can vary, right? If, if it's products where you're listing out the products, somebody said something, it's not in the list, that's very easy. If it's more consulting and it's a time and materials project, you know, you'll get pushed back on, well, I really want you to put in the contract what you're working on. And it's, and the entire mm. essence, essence of the contract is time and materials, no matter what, like you could, yeah. you could ask me to come hang out with you and eat dinner. And, you know, as long as, as long as it's covered, you know, it's, it's an hourly billable thing. I'm not saying I build people for dinner because yeah. I don't, um, <laughs> not anymore, you know, but yeah, <laughs> not anymore. Um, but yeah, I mean, essentially you can ask me for whatever you need on a time and materials and we're going to put it in the timeline. We're going to get approval. We're going to do change management properly, but we can put it in there without going back to an original mm. SOW. Um, so yeah. it really depends on the type of services you're selling and whether they're fixed and, and other things like that. Um, but normally, Normally we see like some sort of addendum to a contract that says, you know, here are the the target items we're looking to get completed in this yeah. project. If it's a time and materials in that case, yeah, you know, we've been we've been on the receiving end of of some some other vendors overselling and the client unhooking the entire deal because of this. That happens to us a lot. And, uh, you know, we've got this one, not, you know, not to get too in the weeds, but we've got this one service, just like you were talking about, it's different in products and service. We've got this one service, which is, which is called third-party maintenance. So it's basically a channel alternative maintenance plan to handle your brake fix on your equipment. Well, third-party maintenance implies that the maintenance is from a third party, right? That's <laughs> that the definition <laughs> of it. That's the definition of it. No, no hiding the actual title. Well, there's a lot of vendors out there that will go sell it as if they are the OEM, the original equipment manufacturer. So they think what they're getting is a like-for-like like maintenance plan, and 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 they're not. There are very many similarities. But if you are sitting here overselling, setting the incorrect expectation, not only will you hurt a relationship, or you know, in, in some cases, just not even get the deal. But if you do get the deal, and you've hurt the relationship by them not getting the late level of, I mean, th that is detrimental to your relationship, detrimental. And I can't tell you how many times the incumbent has been unhooked or removed from 
removed from circulation within an account because of this overselling. Yeah, and I think I think I've seen similar things going up against competitors in the past in different businesses I've been in or, or companies I've worked for where you know overselling to me is also I can look at this I can look at how they're pricing it and tell you that we're not even talking about the same thing. Like what you and I mm-hmm. spoke about and the, what we're delivering is not what they're pricing. Because I, I mean, I've had a right. back where you know they're, we quote sixty thousand dollars on something, and somebody comes back and they're like, "Well, this other company said they could do it for ten. Can you match it?" And I'm like, "There's no way." Like, what are you talking you were about? Talking to them yeah. about and whatever you're talking to me about, I, I don't even. I don't. We're not on the same page in any way, shape, or form. Right now, there is some. Right. You know, there's some leeway based on the the rates, right? In in consulting or services, you know, if somebody. If one company charges 200 an hour and another charges 150 an hour, you know, you may get a, a, a quote that's 25% less, right? So sure. there's, there's room in there for things like that. And then, but if it's too mm. much, like as a client, it should be a red flag, you know, or as a prospect, exactly. it should be a big red flag. Like, why am I, why do I have three quotes that are so fundamentally different? Um, and what do I yeah. need to track that? If, is it rate or is it, they're quoting different things, level of expertise. Yeah. You know, I find that um, also the, some of the best people, one indicator I think there is about somebody who really knows what they're doing is how many question, extra questions they ask that prospect. So, you know, you go out and you're shopping for something and you say, Hey, tell, you know, can you do this? Yes. Okay. How much is it? It's this price. And you, and you keep digging in and it's, it's a lot of yeses and like, okay, well, what questions mm. do you have for me? Well, I don't have any, you know, yeah. I know I have nothing yeah. but questions because I have been in the industry long enough to know the 50 different ways it can go wrong. Um, right. And so the, the right. amount of questions that a vendor or a prospect asks you is an indication is sometimes of, of level or of expertise. You know, are they digging into yeah, the areas that can go wrong? Yeah, right. And, you know, and kind of along that same, you know, regards of, of, of communication is, you know, I, and, and you gave a great example earlier on when you said, look, Mr. Customer, <clears throat> here's how it's going to go from start to finish. Here's the journey. Here's what you can expect. You know, when, when I think of communication throughout the process, setting the expectation, the reason from my experience why this is really important is, you know, a salesman, if there is blood in the water, they will usually attack that quickly. <laughs> yeah. They will. They will jump on it. They will say, call me day, nights, weekends, holidays, you name it until they get that sale. Well, that's fine if they can sustain that. But man, when you disappear afterwards and you're not around after you've made that sale and that client is used to this, ex- this expecting this level of communication or, or you know, anything from even if it's not even that drastic, even if the salesperson is communicating so heavily and micromanaging every conversation and then hands it off. And he gets or she gets a different level yeah. of communication. I'm telling you, Josh, it's up to that salesperson to make sure that that's clear. Listen, I'm passing you off to solution architecture, to delivery, to operations, to shipping. I mean, whoever. And just let me set the expectation here. I am your I am your guy. Okay, You call me, you escalate anything you need to to me. I'm here for you. But in this process... The communication is going to be a little bit slower because there's not going to be any updates for the next 36 to 48 hours while things are prepping for shipment or what have you. It is a nice, easy, super easy touch point to set that expectation up front so that that individual is not expecting that 
crazy, crazy quick communication that they've been used to getting from you for the last however many months. Yeah. I think that is something that not that doesn't happen enough. And if they just did that little extra touch point during the time where they're introducing other people, I think it goes a long way. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's a lot of times where, hey, this is going to take 48 hours to get to you, or it's going to take three days to solution this out and get it back to you. Um, but now, you know, I'm going to tell you that ahead of time. And then 24 hours in, I'm going to say, hey, we're, we're still working on the solution. As we said, it's going to be, you know, 72 hours, whatever it is, and we're almost through it, you know, and that proactive update just puts people at ease. They know that it's getting worked mm. out and, you know, you're still tracking because when you don't hear from somebody, you know, if they tell you it's going to be three days oh. and you don't hear from them. You're like, is it really going to be four or five? Yeah. Oh, right. Wait, well, the third day was on Friday. Okay. Now they're, they're actually contacting me on Monday. You know, there, there's just not yep. enough updates and it, it makes people uneasy. Totally. I mean, the difference in mature organizations, one of the key indicators there is, again, that's where the salesman needs to channel their internal project manager, where a milestone means something. A date means something. If you say you're going to get it back to you by Thursday at noon, people, people just toss dates out there. Yeah, I'll get it to you in 24 hours, 48 hours. I'll talk to you sometime tomorrow. I'll I'll call you by noon tomorrow. I mean, they just throw it out there. Yeah. Well, that's fine if you're throwing it out there, but please understand there is another human on the other end of that conversation that remembers the date that you threw out there. Okay. <laughs> right. So if you want to make an impression on that individual, you're going to have to maintain integrity in what you're telling them. So don't just throw something out there to just appease and, and be just, you know, irrational with, the, the kinds of data that you're throwing, not data, but the kind of dates that you're throwing out there from, from communication points of view. Again, you're setting the wrong expectation by doing so. And if you can be very, very disciplined to say, hey, it's, it's Friday, I'm not going to have anything to you until next Wednesday or next Thursday, and you have that little angst in your system that says, oh, if I don't talk to them by Monday, they're just never going to call me back, you need to get over that. That's a sign of immaturity, respectfully speaking. Every client that I've ever spoke to out there understands that things take time. That's yeah. it. And you are not going to be their hero if you say that you can do something and then fail at it. That is going to make you the anti-hero. So if you gain the respect by saying no, if you gain the respect by saying it's going to take me a couple of days, gain the respect by saying it's going to take a week based on what you're asking me, you're going to win their expert. You're going to win their integrity, and you're going to get called back for the next opportunity because you've set the expectation correctly. Yeah, most definitely. So the last topic we had was post-sales support. Um, so, mm. I mean, I've seen this again, this is another one that depends on the type of company, uh, whether it's product or service, what the handoff is kind of, and, and what the delivery model is of that product or service. Um, but what I mean by this is, you know, when the sale is done, is that salesperson still around? Are they still helpful? Are, right. they, are they still making sure yep. that they got onboarded correctly or did they just disappear? I mean, I know I had yep. this happen where, you know, we were using a bank and then we found out, you know, that there was this other banker that could probably help us better. And so a friend had recommended this person, I go have the conversation, surely enough, they can help us. And I was like, great, you know, they're coming through where this, where this other bank hadn't. And, uh, 
you know, it's the whole, I'm your guy, switch everything over, come to us, you know, bring oh, over yeah. all your, all your, you know, revenue, put it in our bank, all this. I'm like, no, 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 no. We're going to, we're going to do one deal first and we'll see how that goes. And then we'll talk about the rest. And, uh, um, right. sure enough, got passed off to the internal person that, that delivered. Uh, what I needed. They did a great job. The old admin, the old admin. And then, and then it was like, you know, I copied the banker that I talked to a few times on a few emails. The admin was the only one who ever responded. Now, the admin took great care of me, um, so it's fine. But don't sell me on the fact that we're going to build this banking relationship and you're my guy or girl when it's really going to be your admin. Set the expectation and, and check in and make sure you know, I'm happy with it. You know, the admin took care of me, but mm-hmm. I don't remember any check-ins from that person either. Um, and I think that happens right. a lot from a sales perspective. And, and it depends on the size of the organization. And you know, yep, it there's does. also cons of that too, yeah. where... You know, you don't want, if you're not an account manager and it's really a sell, like a a software sell where when it's done, you can only sell that to that one person once and you need to move it off to another team because other people handle it. You know, you still, uh, you don't want to be stuck in that working with that person all the time. If you're comped, if your salespeople Mm -hmm. are comped on net new deals, but you do want to check back to make sure that person got onboarded, you know, they got what they needed and they were happy throughout that process. Uh, absolutely. And look, I mean, sometimes, just like you mentioned, there there are times where you are going to have to hand that individual off for whatever reason. There is a healthy way to do it. And hear me loud and clear. The way that you do that is by setting the tone and setting the expectation ahead of time. If all of a sudden an opportunity turns into a much smaller opportunity and you have to hand them off, just tell them. Be upfront. Say that they just set the tone, set the expectation, uh, be obviously polite and courteous in your, in your communication. And that's, and that's really important. And then to Josh's point in that example, that bank example down the road, if you disappear without setting the expectation that you're going to get hand off, I mean, it's a nightmare. Yeah, it is. It is. It is such a way to burn a bridge with a new or existing customer. I mean, and this, and this, I mean, I don't want to go down a rabbit hole here, but post support, when I think of post support, I immediately come to conflict and problem resolution. <laughs> if all of a sudden I've got an issue and I, I can't find my person because this person's dodging me, uh, I am furious, yeah. furious. You know what I mean? Because I've given them, I, they, they were sure attentive when I was giving them money, sure attentive when I was giving them deals and signing contracts and statements of work. But man, I got an issue with this one thing that I got. Oh, yeah. Can't find them. They're gone. That's gone. That's a, that's that a lot a of organizations. Way to burn a that's a lot of organizations oh, right there. Because I mean, I know I, uh, agree. I was trying to get something taken care of uh household wise. And we had, I think it was, I think it was a healthcare company, right? So we were trying to see about mm-hmm. a health a new plan or something like that. Well, you know, when we called the line to get help on the charges or what was covered, or anything that we needed as a client, it was wait times forever, right? Nobody cared. But yeah. I tried it one right. time. I was like, forget it. We'll call the new customer line. Like we're like, we need new insurance. Man, had somebody on the phone like 30 <laughs> seconds. Talking. I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to call the next company and, and switch. So how's that? You know? Yeah, um, yep. that's right, man. I mean, at the consumer level, at the organization level, at the B2B level, Setting the tone, setting the expectation on the front end, super, super important. I mean, look, there's a lot of different ways to do it. Just to recap our examples, 
timelines, the oversell, communication, post support, just some big general buckets that you can take away when you're looking to set the expectation with your client. And one of my favorite things that we talked about today, Josh, was your example of setting the tone ahead of time at what the customer is going to experience in their journey with you from start to finish. I mean, it's basically the same thing as establishing a communication plan and a project plan throughout your next few months that you're going to be working together. And and the best way that I can summarize that for you guys and girls out there is channel your internal project manager when you're in the middle or the beginning stages of a sale. It will help you and it will, man, it will mitigate any of that really bad friction that happens in those post-support examples that we just gave you if they know what to expect moving forward. And then lastly, Josh, I'll finish with this. There's plenty of customers that won't care. They'll say, I don't care if, if I don't care what you told me. I need this. Don't get me wrong. There are customers out there that do that. But you being able to point back to clear communicative examples of what was going to happen step by step, that's going to save you. Yeah, definitely. Be like, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't sell you anything that you weren't expecting at this point in the, in the sale. So I'm sorry you're feeling this way. I will handle your escalation, Mr. Customer. But don't tell me I didn't do my job. Don't tell me I didn't set the right tone. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? So, yeah. So I, I, I think that's a really good takeaway. Yeah. Well, you heard it here. Channel your inner project manager. So thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of the Founder Scale Sales Leadership Podcast. If you enjoyed this content, please subscribe and give us five stars on iTunes or your favorite podcast listening platform.